Hello, you're listening to episode 8 of It's Just The One Podcast. Actually, my name is Jay. My name is Adam. This week, we're going to be going back over some more isolation recommendations for you guys. And we're also going to be returning to our ongoing feature and taking a look at the best films from 2013. No luck catching them swans, then. It's just the one swan, actually. Yeah, so about a few weeks ago, um, on a previous uh, episode, we it was right at the start of lockdown, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, we decided to have a little look through um, Netflix, through Prime, uh, Disney Plus had just come out as well. We basically just give you a couple of recommendations uh, of what to watch while we're all in isolation and lockdown, trying to try get you through this. Um, obviously, a few weeks later, we're st- it's still the case. Um, we're still in lockdown. We don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for. Um, but luckily enough, Netflix and Prime, as they always do, they've updated, haven't they? So they've put some new stuff on, on there. Um, so we've got some new films for for um, for you to watch. Indeed. So this time we're going to go back over the streaming sites, like Jake's just said. And we're going to give you some other films to watch because everyone's got the time to do it. So we'll kick off straight away. Um, and I'll pick something from Netflix. So, um, a week or two ago, uh, Afterlife came out, season two. I'm pretty sure everyone has watched that because everyone goes on about it. But there's a few Ricky Gervais films. I haven't on seen there. it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, mate. Well, my rec- not yet. No. My recommendation to you is to watch that then. Is to watch it. I've heard it. It's very good. Um, so there's a few Ricky Gervais films on there from like the late noughties. Um. Some are okay, some aren't that good. But obviously, I think if you're into things like The Office and Afterlife and uh, Derek, other shows he's done, um, he's got a film on there called The The Invention of Lying. It's not like an outstanding film, but if you're into Ricky Gervais' stuff, which a lot more people are um, discovering at the moment, I'd definitely recommend this. So it, it follows all the same themes. It's really funny. It's quite uh, emotional. And uh, it's a pretty good idea. And if you can't guess from the title, then yeah. Um, you're very much into your Ricky Gervais, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I like him. I think he's brilliant. I like Ricky Gervais. Um, when he works with Stephen Merchants, I think mm. some of his other stuff isn't as strong. Um, when he's not working with Stephen Merchants, however, I've heard Afterlife's very good. Um, I haven't seen The Invention of Lying. Um. He made two of them, didn't he? So he did Invention Lion. What was the other one he made? Uh, he, made um, he made a film the year before called Ghost Town. Ghost Town, that was it. Which um, it's it's pretty pretty funny, but it's not it's not great. He went through like a little phase in the noughties, didn't he? After yeah. the office of just doing Hollywood films, he pops up in Night in the Museum and stuff like that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen Invention Lion, so I'll have to give that a watch. I do like um, I like extras and yeah. obviously the office. Yeah. Um. But, no, I'll definitely give that a watch. Who's in it? Yeah, so, um, obviously, Ricky Gervais is in it. Jennifer Garner's in there. She plays his wife. Uh, Jonah Hill's in there. He's quite young. It's like a couple of years after Superbad. Uh, Louis C.K.'s in there. Rob Lowe. It's just a sort of strange mix of um, American cameos. And then Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah, so it's like he's playing the the Brit in America. That's where a lot of the sort of comedy comes from. But um, Right. It's 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 like a just a short comedy film with with like a nice emotional undertone. Yeah, Pretty just good. one of them in it. That 
yeah proper like um like a sunday film in it yeah like you just it is chill out. sunday afternoon like, film yeah just relax too sort of sort of vibe. Yeah. um no i'll definitely give that one a watch um i'll give ghost town a watch as well if we can try and find that one as well no all right get us off to ricky gervais um <laughs> yeah so we're sticking to netflix aren't we yeah at the moment we'll stick on netflix for now yeah Stick to Netflix at the moment. All right, so I'll I'll do a little tonal shift from um, light-hearted Ricky Gervais, and I'll go for Blood and Guts and Ancient Greece, and I'll go with Troy. What a film! It come on Netflix, I think, about a month ago. Yeah. Um, and I've watched it twice since. <laughs> um, I I love this film. Honestly, it's 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 so good. Um, Brad Pitt, casters are casters actually fantastic. Yeah, so it's it Brad is. Pitt. Um, Sean Bean's in there, and Sean Bean doesn't die. Yeah, one of the spoiler alert. Rare I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean I don't mean to spoiler that, but <laughs> it's one of those absolute bonkers occasions where Sean die doesn't doesn't Sean Bean doesn't die in a film. He's in there. Um, Brian Cox is in there. Yeah. I don't know Brian Cox, and he plays like a villain in basically every film he's in. Yeah. Um, Orlando Bloom's Peter in there. Peter O'Toole's in there, obviously. On the oh yeah, Orlando Bloom, Peter O'Toole before he passed away. Yeah. Um, and Eric Banner's in there as well, the original Hulk yep. movie Hulk. Um it's such a good film. It Honestly, good it's film. it's it's so so good. The it's it is long, I won't mm. lie. But it harks back to there was like a period, I think in the sixties, where Hollywood would just make um sword and sandal sort of films so like jason the argonauts um like ben hare and stuff like that films yeah clash of the titans they made like these um they take like greek myths and stuff like that and turn them into the turn them into big hollywood films um and it sort of harks back to that even the way it's directed so like it uses like crash zooms in on like people's faces and stuff it's all stuff that I, i actually only realized watching it the last tw- like the last two times I've seen it, um, I haven't seen it in ages, but a lot of the editing and stuff it does go back to that yeah. classic Hollywood style of swords and sandals, which I really really enjoyed. Mm. The story itself, obviously, everyone knows, um, the Trojan horse and um, Helen of Troy. So it's it's just a retelling of that basically, but it's 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 a bit more than that. It's a bit bloody blood guts, yeah, um, and it is really really good. It's it's one of those films I think that you should definitely watch. Yeah, definitely. It is a, a boss film. I've seen it quite a few times actually. And it is long, but it's it's worth it. I think it's about, it's about two and a half hours, and I think maybe coming up to three hours, but um yeah. it's a really cool film. It's sort of like if it's not been sold to you because of its like sort of old style and like sword fighting and stuff, then it's sort of like the same thing you could say to people who like Game of Thrones but also don't watch yeah, that yeah. sort of thing anyway. It's like what Game of Thrones would look like if Game of Thrones was made in 2004, essentially. It's yeah. it's yeah. a lot of action, really cool fights. Um, Brad Pitt beats the shit out of, like, five million people. Uh, Brad Pitt is ripped in this film. Like, yeah, this is, like, peak Brad Pitt. Honestly, peak Brad Pitt. You think, you think he's good in Fight Club? Just give him a few more years. He's absolutely ripped in Troy. It's got um, <laughs> there's a... Bit, there's a YouTube... Um, there's a YouTube video of like cheesy movie lines, and there is a dead cheesy one in Troy where he calls the main bad guy a sack of wine <laughs> as an insult, <laughs> which I need to start using. Sack of wine. 
you sack of wine. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely fantastic film. Truly, no, well worth that's a good watch one, actually. If you're really going to spare film. like three hours, yeah. Um, one I'm just going to quickly throw in there. We've spoken about this film on a number of occasions, um, and we've sort of like recommended it in passing. But um, a quiet place is on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if, if you've listened to other episodes, you would have heard us speak about it, but it is just a fantastic horror film. It's um, gone, ag- yeah. gone against um, the typical conventions of a horror film and the way it's uh, filmed and made is really different. It's quite unique. Obviously, there's stuff similar to it. There is, but you know, this is just the, mm. the most up-to-date version and Big John's in it, John Krasinski, his directing debut. John Krasinski, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a really... Um, filmy film if that makes sense it's all about the yeah the shots and the sound and the editing and all all those bits we love but yeah definitely recommend that that's just a quick throw in there if you haven't already seen that film go and watch it no it's it's a fantastic film um it's one of those that really blew me away going to watch it in the pictures um i think we talked about it previously because the second one was due to come out obviously in oh, march yeah. Um, and it's been pushed back till September, I think, mm. now. Um, but I was absolutely blown away when I went to see A Quiet Place. It's it's very bold in what it does. It's it's one that you need to focus on it, watching it. It's not one of those, that it's not a throwaway horror that you'd think it would be. Um, it, it's quite clever in what it does and how it goes about doing it. Um, and as a first film for John Krasinski like what a film to do as your first one um, to write and direct it as well absolutely brilliant yeah definitely get your wife involved as well <laughs> <laughs> why not when it's Emily Blunt um, yeah my next recommendation for Netflix is someone that we spoke about in our very first episode so it's Sam Mendes um directed this film it's one of his earlier films stars jake gyllenhaal and it is jarhead um jarhead's on netflix um it is a war film so it is basically it's similar to 1917 and it shares the fact that it's a war film with 1917 but that's the only aspect it shares with it it's a very different take on a world war film so it's set in iraq i think in the 90s it's also the start of the iraq war it follows um, basically a jarhead played by Jake Gyllenhaal um, and he's sent off into the middle of the desert with his team and he basically starts going insane, starts basically losing interest um, in what he's doing he, he becomes somewhat um, lost in the ass so at the start he, start he starts off as very like, um, he's got a girlfriend who he absolutely loves, he's um, very de- devoted to the military, to America and its interests. He's very like hardcore right wing Republican. And then he sort of, as the film goes on and he starts learning why he's actually in the middle of the desert, he, his opinion like starts to change and he starts like basically taking the piss out of why they're there and stuff like that. Um, and he just doesn't believe in why they're there. It's such a fantastic film. It's like a it's a great insight into that sort of person um and how like a different environment can change your 
like beliefs and your ideals and stuff like that. Jake Gyllenhaal, we spoke about him before, he's absolutely fantastic in this film. I think he is one of the best actors working at the moment. Um, absolutely superb. Sam Mendes as well, fantastic behind the camera. Um, it's a really, really good film. It's actually quite a funny film as well. There's a lot of good dialogue. Um, Jamie Foxx is like the main drill sergeant sort of, sort of thing. Um, so he's he's a funny character. It's It's got very um, a full metal jacket sort of vibe to it. Um, but it's absolutely superb. Well worth a watch. Yeah, you've absolutely smashed it there in terms of giving it justice. But um, I've only actually seen this film once and that was like years ago, like not long after it came out. I was like pretty young as well, but I think I might watch that actually now. Um, from but from what I remember about this film, it's uh, it's really good, and it's a bit different from what we sort of recommend usually as well with it being like a yeah, war film. We don't really t- talk about them too much. So yeah, Jarhead definitely. There's very little action. It I won't lie. Obviously, we say it's a war film, but there's very little um, gunfight scenes mm. or anything like that. It, it's very much a accurate representation of what was going on at the start of the Iraq war um, and you sort of feel sorry for the soldiers and stuff like that um, but yeah. absolutely superb film well worth a watch you're up right my next one this is a bit of a weird one and um, I remember when this film came out I really enjoyed it and then I saw the title of it again and I was like oh maybe just throw it out there so this film is called Quarantine um, it came out in 2008 and it's a zombie film but it's a remake of a Spanish film called Wreck. I've heard of this. Isn't this meant to be like absolutely terrifying? Oh no, it's boss. It's if you like zombie films, hundred percent watch it. And if you like horror films or just like cheap cheap scares, go in for it. Um, it's about a news team who gets sent into a tower block um, where all these people have been uh, quarantined, and it's they've been quarantined because they're ill, but. Uh, evidently it turns out that they've all turned into zombies also um, yeah so it's like the raid Amazing. sort of except <laughs> everyone fighting everyone's eating each other um, it's just it, it's just a cheap scare film like like a lot of zombie films are just a gory bit over the top but it's sort of with it being like um, the year it came out around that time it's like that era of like films that taken the success of the Blair Witch yeah. Project in terms of first person filming with it being a news team it's all like point of view so very much along mm. the lines of like paranormal activity, like all around that time, that kind of style. But it was based off the um, Spanish original film, which is called Wreck, mm. which is better, obviously. Um, but it's in Spanish. So if you want to find the Spanish version, go ahead. I'd recommend that over quarantine. But if you can't be asked with subtitles, yeah. it's always the way that Netflix instead. the original, especially with foreign language films, is that the original is always the better film. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I'm not. As I've said before, I'm not much of a horror fan, so I've never, I've never seen, I've never braved quarantine. Um, but I have heard good things about it. I've got friends who like horror films, and I've heard good things about Wreck. Um, so I imagine if it's just a copy of that, then it it might be half as good. Um, yeah. But no, one well worth a watch probably. I can't, I can't say much because I'll be absolutely yeah. shitting myself, but. <laughs> I don't mind zombie films. Zombie films are probably like, if I'm doing horror films, zombies are like bottom because I know I can run away from a zombie. Um, <laughs> Not these ones. I like Shaun of the Dead. The, 
I like Sean. Oh, they don't run, do they? Oh, they're a bit... oh mate, they, these are these are like Dawn of the Dead type zombies. Oh, these, are ones, these are like Olympic sprinters. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that like, you die and then you turn into like an absolute super. Yeah, you've got, you've got all the stamina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the zombies are like quite low. Um, yeah, I think people can handle zombies because one. It's well, as much as a lot of people wish it'll happen, it won't ever happen. And it's not like that sort of like realistic horror that mm. people get scared of, like home invasion and people getting stabbed and serial killers. It's literally people eating each other. It's not. I don't. You know. Yeah, I don't. You can, you I don't even mind it. that sort of horror. I don't. The, I hate ghosts. Like that yeah. just freaks me out. And like anything <laughs> like demons or like possess or oh, being possessed. It just <laughs> no. I hate it. Honestly, right. it goes for, Pos- it goes right through me. Possession special coming up soon. Gonna make Jake watch all the no, possession films. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving swiftly right. on. Yeah, we'll we have a little on. heart attack. Um, <laughs> I'll. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll try and make this one brief. But you've just alluded to it then, so I'll go with um, the Raiders on Netflix. So it isn't. Um, Going back to what we were just saying, it is in subtitles. It's Indonesian. It's fucking brilliant. So the premise of it is that a SWAT team are basically infiltrating this building, aren't they, with like a drug lord or like a mafia boss. It doesn't yeah. really explain what it is. Just um, a bad so man. They, yeah, yeah, it's just a bad, bad man, a John Batman. And then he, um, the SWAT team go into the building, start taking the floors one by one, and then they run into a bit of trouble, don't they? And then it just turns into a massive bloodbath, a massive gunfight. There's a lot of martial arts, a lot of um, gunplay. Um, there's there's a, there's a fighting style. I can't remember what the fighting style is, but there's like a specific fighting style that's never been put yeah. onto screen before, and um, that was the first film to do it. Um, there's a corridor. There's a corridor fight scene. Honestly, it's unreal. There's a bit where some guy's neck goes through like ch- like wood of a door. Do you know where like the the door's oh, broken yeah. and it's just the wood like spiking off like that? And some guy just his neck goes through that. It's like ugh, <laughs> amazing. I love anything like that. Um, <laughs> limbs are getting fucking cut off everywhere. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well worth a watch. It's got it's got a decent little narrative and story to it as well. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's got it's it's got a decent little narrative and story to it. Um there's a nice little like a couple of twists and stuff. Honestly, well worth a watch the raid. It's it's brilliant. If you put off like foreign films for like subtitles, um it is actually one of those rare occasions where you don't really need to read the subtitles to know what the fuck's going on. You just follow what's going on. Um Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely fantastic, well worth a watch. Yeah, definitely. Everyone screams in the same language, so there's no need for subtitles in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you've done it again there when we spoke about it on a on a previous episode. You've praised the film to high heaven. It's fantastic, and it's just one of those action films that doesn't stop. And like you said, you mentioned that type of martial arts last time. I can't remember what it's called either, but it's very specific to Indonesia. Yeah. Um, and it's because it's choreographed fighting. It's proper hardcore fighting it it's looks brutal. really good it's not like we've mentioned before it's not liam neeson beating someone up in one million takes no it's uh it's 
it's art. We'll call it art. A lot needs to be said. I think for the I think the director is a Welsh, a Welshman yeah. who moved over there. Um, I think he's recently there's a Gangs of London TV show or something on Sky that's getting quite a lot of praise. Um, he directed all the episodes for that, or he was certainly like the creator behind it all. And it looks like it follows the similar sort of themes to the raid, but with like a British cast sort of thing. Absolutely, he, great director because all the if you watch the raid, you'll notice everything is in like almost one take. There's like massive yeah. corridor fights and stuff, and the amount of um, planning that must have done just to get all the fight scenes right and get make sure that they're all on shot and stuff like that. Absolutely fantastic. Um, well worth a watch. Definitely. Um, my next recommendation, and I think this is the last out of these this little subgenre. It's another subtitled film. It's another foreign film. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Jake. It's called Troll Hunter. That's the English title. The it's it's a Norwegian film, I think. And you've guessed it. It's about people who go hunting for trolls, and when they find them, they're fucking massive. They're like in like deep Norwegian forest in the winter, and these trolls are like sixty, eighty, hundred feet tall. It sounds bonkers. You know, it sounds like really not. It might not sound your thing, but oh my god. It's so cool. It's such a boss film. It's really short, dead easy to get into. Just suspend your disbelief a little bit and, and enjoy it. It's really good. It's a great little watch. Yeah, I think it was like a Friday night and it was probably about two o'clock in the morning when I first watched that film. It was on like Channel 4. My head went west. I was like, what the hell am I watching here? Um, it's like found footage and stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. It's that sort of like, um, it's what like, you said um, before, Blair, Blair Witch sort of yeah um, sort of vibe but i think it's a bunch of like like students isn't it who yeah yeah who want who like hear about it like oh this can't be real and then they find like some proper like woody harrelson type <laughs> yeah trolls are real come with me and then it's like oh fuck they actually are <laughs> it's really really good well worth a watch um yeah yeah <laughs> it's just a mad idea absolutely bonkers yeah. in these weird but times you may as well embrace it all works you might as well films. get in yeah you might as well get in a bit of um world cinema while you're locked up like branch out a bit and there's two great recommendations there um one one from norway from from indonesia branch out a bit you're not doing much get cultured (laughs) get cultured people (laughs) right jake what you got next i've got the ridley scott um matt damon film the martian the newest one on my list um it's absolutely amazing. What a yeah. film. It came out sort of the same time as... Um, Interstellar, wasn't it? Interstellar. So, like, Matt Damon. It was, mm. like, literally Matt Damon just gone from playing a character to Interstellar to playing a character in The Martian. It came out, like, just in, two months aside. Just in space. But, obviously, the premise is that um, it's set in the not-so-distant future when we can actually do space travel to Mars... Um, just like Interstellar, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Damon, the mission goes a bit wrong, and Matt Damon is, is left behind. Do you think for dead? He's not dead. He's left behind on Mars, and he sort of has to fight for survival on the planet. And he yeah. starts growing potatoes, and yeah, um, he he does all sorts, doesn't he? Yeah, Little he mad bastard. basically makes it uh, habitable, doesn't he? for yeah. humans to live on Mars. Yeah, yeah, and then it goes back to Earth 
and they work out that he's actually alive. Say to the crew, you've still got to come back and do your mission log and stuff. And the crew sort of like rebel and turn the ship back around and go and go and rescue him back. It's absolutely, it's brilliant. Absolutely love the Martian. Really, it's really well film. worth a watch. Um, the script's really good. Um, Ridley Scott is at that age now where uh, I can't. How old is he? He's, he must be in his eighties. I think he's like seventy. Like around eighty. He's he's yeah. dead old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's dead old. He's. He's he's showing no sli- signs of slowing down though. He's like, no, he's he's still going to film every year. Whereas Martin Scorsese is like every three or four years. Mm. Ridley Scott bangs them out like one a year. Um, Mad bastard. He's 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 just he is a master of what he does. He's the master of that sort of one film sort of film if that makes sense like not a franchise film like just like yeah a one-off yeah, yeah. sort of film that makes sense of so like the gladiator gladiator and just the yeah. story told in one film basically he's sort of the master at that isn't he um he just boxes them off and just keeps going through them um but what a film absolutely fantastic well worth a watch the martian matt damon as well he's he's probably one of those actors he's he's sort of like um tom hanks and like you don't mind spending that much screen time with him. Um I I see what you're saying, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's one of those yeah. sort of actors that can sort of pull you in, sort of thing. If it was Tom Cruise, no one would want to spend that much time with Tom Cruise. Um <laughs> of course you would. Um But yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well worth watch. The Martian on Netflix. Nice. Right, this next film, I didn't actually know this was on Netflix until the other day. So um, Netflix isn't really known for hosting like belter films, like I'm talking like Oscar winning films. There's a couple on there, but it's mostly known for like sort of average films and a lot of terrible films. Also, it's getting better. It's getting better. But um, this film is one of three films to win the the big five Oscars. Um, and I didn't know. I was really surprised when I saw it on there. And it's it's an unreal film. Obviously, the accolades already um, show that, but this is Silence of the Lambs. So, a lot of people, I guess, will have seen this film. If you haven't, it it is literally one of one of the best films ever. Uh, so, it it's um, it's about Hannibal Lecter, um, the guy who eats people, uh, played by Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> and Jodie Foster plays like a detective investigating a separate serial killer, and she goes to. Hannibal Lecter to sort of ask for his help tracking down this this killer. Um, it's very intense. It plays it, doesn't written. it? It's fantastic. Some of the scenes in there are just like unreal. You know that one where he's in, he escapes from the police officers. Oh, won't say what he does, but if you've seen The Office and you've seen Silence of the Lambs, you know what he does. You know what it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, it. It's just an unbelievable film. I couldn't believe it was on Netflix. I just think if you've got a spare two hours and you want to watch an awesome film, great performances, mm. it looks really good. It's really well written. Um, yeah, it's it's just a fantastic no. film. Great, great recommendation. Yeah, I think all three are on Netflix, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, what's it? The, the other one's two called aren't. Hannibal. Yeah, it's called Red Dragon. The, o- not... the other two aren't as good as yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Nowhere near as good. But you if you do like Silence of the Lambs, no. If you do like Silence of the Lambs, there's the other two's on there as well, so you can sort of mm. delve into the trilogy. But um, Silence of 
The Lambs on its own. Well worth a watch. Fantastic film. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You fly back to school now, little starling. On to Prime. Prime, I remember the last time we did this and we said Prime's a bit shit. Prime's Prime's up their game. There's a lot of yeah. good stuff on Prime at the moment. The problem with Prime is though, like you, you pay for your subscription, but then like half the films on there, it's like, oh yeah, if you want to watch it, you've got to give us like an extra five. You've got to give us an extra thing. Yeah. But, but I mean, a lot if of you're stuff bored, actually on you know, Prime at the moment is quite good. I've got two films basically that I say are my favourite films of all time. So this is okay. one of them that I'll say in a minute. And it's based on the concept that if you're a film fan and you say to me, oh, what's your favourite film? I'll say Blade Runner, because I'll understand uh, that. You might know what Blade Runner is. Mm-hmm. If someone comes up to me and they're not really a film fan, they say, what's your favourite film? I'll say this film, because everyone's seen this film and it's absolutely fantastic. It is, of course, okay. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Um, uh, nice. Jurassic Park is the first film I think I remember watching. I remember having the video of it. Way too I was way too young to have the video for this for this film. <laughs> I was about four. Um Jurassic Park as a kid was my favourite film and it is still one of my favourite films. It's absolutely brilliant. Obviously the franchise has gone on and stuff like that and the new stuff isn't as good as this. The first Jurassic Park is just Steven Spielberg, um Jeff Goldblum even Samuel Jackson, a little hold on to your butts. Samuel Jackson, absolutely fantastic. I I just I just love this film. It just reminds me of my childhood. Um, I was obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid. Yeah. To the point that um, my mum got called into school when I was in primary school. Um, told <laughs> told to meet the teacher. Um, and she said, we're just wondering if you could have a word with Jake um, because he keeps running around the playground, roaring in kids' faces. And it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's scary. It's scary. Some of the younger, some of the younger kids. Do you know what? You're like, um... and my mum said, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, what's his name? You're like Robert Doback and Step Brothers. And he said he wanted to be a T-Rex. You're like putting your arms in your T-shirt, walking around the playground. Mate, I had an authentic T-Rex roar. It was like absolutely to the T. It like it sent them into the middle of the film, my T-Rex roar. Isn't nice. It? Um, but <laughs> Jurassic Park, absolute belter film. That T-Rex no, roar, by the way, I know I've just took the piss and said that like my T-Rex roar was amazing. The actual T-Rex roar, I'd say is probably the greatest sound, yeah, ever. There's like so, it's so just so many it's like just, layers to that noise. And it's it's just amazing. It. <laughs> it's, it's just so fucking good. Yeah, that film. It's like twenty seven years old now. I think around. Yeah, I think it was ninety three or something around that time it came out. And obviously, it's a mix of CGI and uh, actual practical effects. And mm. considering how old it is, I still think. That film holds up. It more than holds up. It's it's, like it's, it's, it's really really good. Like the, yeah. the bit when the the T Rex is like attacking the two kids when they're in that jeep. Amazing. Um, but yeah, it's a great film. And the second one's on there as well, isn't it? All three are on there. So um, uh, the second one, the Lost World, and the third one. The third one isn't so good. 
Um, yeah, it's still worth yeah. a watch. It's still watchable by by no means. It's not a bad mm. film. Um, the second one gets a lot of hate. I absolutely love the second one. I think the oh, second I love one's the second absolutely one. amazing. It like doubles down on the T Rexes, so you get two of them. <laughs> um, plus plus a baby. <laughs> the T Rex is like marching around the city. Um, it, it's and it's got um Pete Postlewaite in it, isn't he? And he's sort of the bad. He's uh, one yeah. of the absolute fantastic actor. Pete Postlewaite. Postlewaite. He's not with us anymore, sadly, but he was absolutely one of the best actors ever for me. Um, and he absolutely shines in this film, the second one. Um, and it's got one of my favorite scenes as well. Um, is the bit with uh, the the sort of tease the raptors, the velociraptors, all the way through the second one, and they don't come into it until like like right at the end. And then there's a bit where there's like a massive group of like ten people, and they're moving through like long grass sort of thing, and then you can just oh see my like God, yeah. the little lines just going towards them, and yeah, you see yeah. the tails, and they just start picking them off one by one. It's That's absolutely amazing. amazing that scene. Do you know what? I I feel like my memory of those films is like more so the second one. Yeah. But like, I mean, obviously I've seen them both so many times and over so many years, awesome, it's sort of like molding into one film, but no, they're one unreal. and two, one and two Jurassic Park. Absolutely superb. Yeah. Films. There's like that, that guy in it and he goes, don't go into the long grass. And then they all just start getting fucking <laughs> destroyed. They get butchered, mate. <laughs> absolutely amazing film. Jurassic Park one and two. Um, and the third one, if you fancy it. Speaking of what you just said, I've got this recommendation down. I think everyone's also seen this film, but I'll just say it anyway because I've got it written down. Um, Legend is on Prime. Yeah, I've just thought now everyone must have seen this film because everyone yeah. loves Tom Hardy and it's, it's yeah. you know it's only come out like the last five years. But I'll just say that quick. If you haven't seen it, watch it. So it's based on the Cray Twins who were like uh, East End gangsters in the 60s. The most like terrible, awful, despicable people but Tom Hardy plays both of them because they're twins. Um, he's the first person to to do that because there's been so many things made about the Cray twins. But I think with um, technology and filmmaking these days, it's very doable for him to play both parts. Absolutely. And he does it fantastically. Like It's unbelievable. And the way the film's made as well, uh, in particular, there's a scene where they actually fight each other. Like I still can't get my head around how that was done. <laughs> Because it's a, it's like, it's it's obviously cut to cover up some of the, the bits like to you know the fact that it's yeah, the same yeah. person. But a lot of it is like, how the fuck did they do that? Uh, and it's fantastic. It, like the two characters are so completely opposite. Yeah. Um, and it's really good. It's fan- like it just shows how much of a good actor he is. Like, He's fantastic. V- very good. That's probably mm. his, I think that's got to be his best performance. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before, it's up there. I think. Legend definitely up there for me for Tom Hardy. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant film. Absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, everyone's probably seen it anyway. But just watch it again. I think everyone's time. seen it, but but it's well worth it. It's well worth like multiple views. That film. It's just a dead definitely. easy film to watch. I'll go with this film, which maybe not everyone has seen. I don't know if you've seen it actually. Um, it came out twenty twenty eighteen. Um, it is Ready Player One, so it's based on the book, um, of the same name. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, and it is basically everything in one film. Is is how I describe this film. It's so it, the basic premise is that uh, the world is now just everyone in the world plays this 
um, massive video game where you create like an on- online avatar, a bit like World of Warcraft, and everyone basically just lives their life through their avatar. Um, but obviously, like you can be like whoever you want to be, sort of thing. So you can be Batman, and like you can be like all these different game characters and everything like that. So as the story goes on, the creator of the game has died, and he's left like Easter eggs throughout the game and. Um, if you collect like all three, you get like so much money, and you get to like control the game and stuff. And there's like another corporation that's trying to like, um, win the Easter egg so they can take over the, the the company and stuff like that. It's it's really really good. The one thing I'll say about this film is it is a bit um CGI heavy, and it might not be for everyone, but I absolutely think it's fantastic. I mean, it's a really really dead easy film to watch and just get into. The other thing that I like about this film is that it was directed by Steven Spielberg because if you think about Steven Spielberg, definitely the past 40 years he has had such a massive influence over over pop culture and stuff like that. The majority of the stuff in this film is his own work. So there's a T-Rex that pops up from Jurassic Park. There's um, E.T. references, there's a the Back to the Future DeLorean pops up, the Batmobile pops up, Batman pops up, um, Harley Quinn's in it, Joker, um, there's the Mecha Godzilla's in it, <laughs> which is just <laughs> insane, there's Gundam from like anime, um, a Gremlin turns up, a Chucky turns up, there's it's it's like everything basically all of pop culture in one film um and i think it was quite bold and brave of steven spielberg to direct it because he's had such a massive influence over it i read something that he that he he wasn't gonna try and put his own stuff into it and then someone had to convince him to put his own stuff into it yeah basically saying no you've got to because (laughs) we'll be like leaving ourselves short with what we can include in the film yeah um there's a really good there's a dead good sequence as well that you might enjoy. It's set in the middle of The Shining, so all the characters get put into the middle of The Shining, and it is like shot for shot The Shining. Um, oh, mate. And obviously Steven Spielberg's a massive Stanley Kubrick fan and was good mates with Stanley Kubrick, um, and it's a nice little homage back to Stanley Kubrick, the oh, middle of the great. film. Um, well worth a watch, honestly. Yeah. Th- Brilliant. So this this film, is, it's weird because... I haven't seen this film, but I know a lot about it because um, very fortunately I've I've been able to uh, speak to some people who worked on this film th- oh, amazing. Through, wor- through work. So all like the real world dystopian bits are filmed in Birmingham, which is very yeah. fitting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard so many things about the film and it's been advertised so heavily on Amazon like this past week. Yeah. And you've, you've just... Uh, basically confirmed my internal arguments on whether to watch this film or not because it sounds awesome. Please watch it. It's fantastic. I think I'm going to watch it tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Do it. The last the last fight scene and stuff is fantastic. The big, massive fight at the end. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff for everyone. So it's a lot of film references, a lot of music references, especially to the 80s and the way they dress. And there's a lot of um, TV show and especially video game references so if you're a big gamer or anything like that you'll get loads what i've got down next is a documentary and this was directed by ron howard um this is the the beatles documentary called eight days a week oh i haven't seen this so it skips the beginning and the end of the beatles and it just focuses on their like peak fame it's such an interesting angle 
um, to get this, this sort of like inside view of the band because it's very personal. And I think especially, obviously everyone knows the Beatles. That's just a, that's just a given. But I feel like people from the area we live in have a very certain way of life and a certain attitude. And you Absolutely. get to see a lot more of that in this. I mean, obviously, Ron Howard directed it, but only with found footage. Obviously, it's a it's a documentary, but he's yeah. he's really like hit it out the park. It's a very nice insight into the most famous people in the world, um, and it's worth watch whether you like the Beatles or not because it it's very personal. It's a documentary about the people, not the music. So if you're not into the music, then that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. you will have to listen to a lot of songs, but absolutely amazing. I love the Beatles. Really good. Uh, yeah, and if you don't fancy a film, there you go. There's a there's our single documentary recommendation. There you go. A little documentary <laughs> for you. Did we do a doc- oh we did the we did the um Bobby Robson one last time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about a few like yeah. And Supersonic. Next one, um I think we can both talk about this one. Mm. The nice guys. Yeah, we went to see this, didn't we, together when it came out. We were buzzing for this film when it was coming out. Um so it has it stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Your mate. Um my mate Ryan Gosling. You don't like Ryan Gosling, do you? Um I like them in this, if that counts. He's he's Ted funny in this. I don't know why you don't no, like he is, him. He is he's really good. I um, do like him, I just, I just don't love him. I'll I'll, I I'll grow to him eventually. I think he's fantastic. Um It's just, it's so funny this film. It's really, really well well written. It's fantastic. So it's set in the seventies. Ryan Gosling plays a he plays a cop, doesn't he? Like a detective who's like really shit. Who's really shit. And um Russell Crowe plays like wanna say like a hitman sort of thing. He's like a private detective, isn't he? And they're both yeah, looking like... into the same case and like Russell mm-hmm. Crowe is like dead like um bad cop sort of vibe and um Ryan Gosling's just not an arse cop. <laughs> Um, but it's so so funny. There's like certain bits in this film, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, there's the bit where he finds the body, and he just starts like <laughs> screaming because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he does he doesn't like blood, does he? He's a cop, and he doesn't like bodies or blood, and he just faints. Um, and he finds a body, and he just starts like screaming. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, well worth a watch. The nice guys, dead funny film. Dead chill, dead yeah. relax, dead easy to follow. I think um, wh- when you see them two actors put next to each other, you think it's not really going to work, but the the bounce off each other and play off each other really well. Really, really, really well. Um, Russell Crowe is really good in it. Yeah, a lot to need to be said about Russell Crowe because he, obviously he's um, famous for being Maximus in Gladiator and he's absolutely mm. amazing in that film, but he's not very good in anywhere else. Um, <laughs> Apart from this, he's quite good in this film, but yeah. he should—he like—he's one of those actors that does not deserve the career he's had. Um, <laughs> he's just—he's—he has—he's lived solely he's off the back bad. of Gladiator. No, he's lived solely yeah. off the back of Gladiator. Um, <laughs> he's just—he's—he's he's a bit—he's a bit shit in every other film, apart from this one. Um, I'll put it that way. But well worth a watch. The nice guys on Prime. So this is a recommendation across. Uh, both platforms we've already mentioned so john wick the first john wick is on amazon prime the second john wick is nowhere but that's okay <laughs> and the, third, the third john wick is on netflix they've sort of yeah. rotated around um john wick very similar to the raid choreographed mm. fighting keanu reeves 
a, an insanely high body count. Outrageous. Outrageous. The same reasons we spoke about the raid. If you just want to watch really cool fighting, watch the John Wick films. They're not too long. They're a bit ridiculous, but that's why they're so good. Um, so over the top, but absolutely yeah. in the in the in the right way, over the top. So the the first John Wick films are super low budget. That all the John Wick films have had a really low budget and a really high profit. That's why the, the you know that's they why the fourth one's going to be made. Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the first John Wick because the budget was so low, they only had so many stuntmen. So. Uh, the directors were talking about um, they got all the stuntmen to grow their hair and beards no. and then once once they'd been in a certain scene and they'd been killed they'd then shave their head and come back and get killed again and then they'd Amazing. shave their beard and come back and get killed again I just think that's Amazing. so cool that's fucking um, brilliant but yeah Keanu Reeves it's his big revival I mean he became sort of a sort of a meme didn't he between like he 2005 did. and 2015 but and he's, he's still a meme now he's got his respect like... back I think He's one of those actors, Keanu Reeves, that is, he just comes across as a really nice guy as well. Like, yeah. they're genuine, they're down to earth. I don't think he's a particularly good actor. No, to be honest. He, no, he, he's, he falls in the rush category. He's just not, he's really not convincing at all, is he? No. But if you look at his filmography, he's been in some belter films. So there's like The Matrix yeah. and Point obviously break, John mate. Wick. Point Break. And obviously Point Break. Point Break goes without saying, absolutely one of the greatest films ever made. I will not have a bad <laughs> word said about Point Break. It's a, it's amazing. Um, sound like Danny from Hot Fuzz now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point Break and Bad Boys too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, John Wick. I absolutely love the John Wick films. I think that they're just so over the top. Um, I love all the little lines of dialogue as well. I think the narrative, I know it's over the top, but it does work and it's really, really yeah, good. Yeah. And I love the little, um, there's the revelation of who he actually is and there's the big mob boss and like the son yeah. comes back to him and he's like, um, John John Wick isn't the boogeyman, John Wick is the man you send to kill the fucking yeah, boogeyman. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's mate. like, oh it's mate, so it's so, so good. <laughs> um, absolute belter films. I love the John Wick films so much. Oh yeah, you were talking about like ridiculous, mindless violence before in the raid where that guy gets his like, a broken door through his neck. Um, does that does that bit in John Wick three? We won't see this, didn't we? We won't see this when it came we've, out. Yeah, we've seen the second and the third, didn't we? He goes to the New York Library and has a fight in the library with this massive, like seven foot fella. This is like the opening scene, so this is no spoiler. Obviously, he's not going to get killed in the opening scene. John Wick, he he destroys this fella and he fucking breaks his neck on a book. <laughs> like, and then doesn't he, he? He puts the book in his mouth and like punches yeah, the book yeah. and his. Fucking and breaks, breaks his, his jaw. jaw. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, it's unbelievable. As you, as you do. Um, and then yeah, and absolute. then that whole like knife fight, like ten oh, minutes mate. after that scene. Amazing. Well worth a watch. All three John yeah, Wick films. Watching back to back immediately. Now, I'll do this one dead quick. We'll wrap. I'll wrap this up quick. I've just yeah, got yeah, one yeah. thing to say about this film. Um, it is Jim Carrey's The Mask. It's on Prime. The one thing I need to say about this film is Cameron Diaz. That's all I'll say, and that's all I'll say about this film. Good film, <laughs> amazing, amazing film, brilliant film. Jim Carrey's great, but my word, mate, Jesus Christ! So, is this, is this a film recommendation or a, a Cameron Diaz recommendation? Both. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> both. Um, yeah, the mask. There you go. <laughs> I'm actually just saying the one point on the mask. There you go. 
Party Time! P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta! So this is a return back to our ongoing segment of going back through um, the past decade. So going through every year and picking five films from every year and basically saying what we think was the best film that year. We've done 2010, 2011, 2012, and now obviously we're on to 2013. Indeed. don't think it was a very good year for film. However, we have managed to get five out of it each. Mm-hmm. I've only actually got a top four, and then I've got like a list of honourable mentions. So I'll just throw an honourable mention in there really quick. Uh, this is Gravity, directed by Alfonso Cuaron. So um, people will know his films, but they might not recognise his name. So obviously a lot of people have seen Gravity. Um, he's mm. a writer-director. He did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which, the best in one. my opinion, is the best Harry Potter film because it's, it's so one. dark. It's Hands that shift down. from the second film into the third. It's unbelievable. No Voldemort. No Voldemort. It helps well, yeah. it. Absolutely. Exactly. It, exactly. There's absolutely no Voldemort. So it, it's he doesn't, just, re- it's doesn't like... rely on that. He just makes a no. brilliant film. Um, he did a few foreign language films in his early career. One of them is Eating Mama Tambien, which means And Your Mother Too. I only know this film because I watched it in um, sixth form. It's like sort of a road, buddy road trip thing, but it's a bit ruthless and ridiculous. Really good. I'd recommend that. Um, and he did Roma, which picked up a shitload of Oscars a couple of yeah, years ago. Cl- clean sweep um, on it. But Gravity, I think that sort of era of space films in like the early to mid um, teens. A lot of them films were really good and I think this stands up there as well. It's like the film opens with a 17 minute take. Like, yeah. fucking hell. That's just yeah. ridiculous. I know people aren't massive fans of George Clooney. Like he's a bit overrated and that. He's pretty good in this. I like um, George. And Sandra Bullock as well. Good pairing. The, the, um, carry the film really well considering there's only a handful of characters um yeah yeah i think it's a really interesting film i like no, it it's a good film i think i've only seen it once but i thought it was a, a good film um another thing about the director i think he did children of men as well with clive owen um that that film is well worth a watch if definitely especially with everything that's going on at the moment um well worth. I won't. I won't. I won't spoil children and men. It's set in like this dystopian future, isn't it? Um, where no one can give birth to a child or anything like that. Um, but like the last person born was like ten, twenty years ago, on the planet, and everyone's like slowly dying. Um, but absolutely amazing film. Fantastic. Well worth a watch. Uh, another honourable mention I've got is uh, Mama, which. I, when I saw the trailer for that, I thought that was directed by Guillermo del Toro, but it's not. It's directed by someone called Andy Muschietti. I can't pronounce his name, but um, he's gone on to do the two It films, so you know similar sort of things. But now I like the the concept of the sort of monster, like uh, fantasy fa- fantasy film, yeah. monster type film, and it's got a uh, Jamie Lannister in there as well. How was it? Yeah, I haven't seen. It. I I went the pictures to see it. It's one of them very horror films i actually went to see yeah um but thought it was all right yeah yes yeah, it's obviously just an honorable mention but uh trance by danny boyle um mm, 
definitely a Danny Boyle film because there's loads of slanted shots and that's like an art heist film, like a psychological right, okay. thriller, mindfuck. Um, James McAvoy's in it, Vincent Cassell's in it, and R- Rosario yeah. Dawson, I think. Um, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. I, I mean, I just like Danny Boyle anyway, so I'll always give his films a no, chance. He's, he's Although, a uh, yesterday is fucking dreadful. Oh, um, really? No, don't watch it, mate. It's really bad. <laughs> I'll stay away from it then. <laughs> just don't. It's just not good. Um, Gatsby. I've got uh, the great Gatsby in there. I haven't put that Ooh. in my top my top films, but um, yeah, I really like it. I really like that film. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've got that anywhere on your list. Yeah, I do. Come on, where have you got it? Have you got it in your top five? It's in my top five. Great Gatsby. Nice. Has to, has yeah. to be for me. I mean, I think it's really cool when films go back to a certain era. So obviously this is like 20s, the roaring 20s mm. of um, America. It's in New York, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Directed by Baz Luhrmann. Like he's yeah, sort yeah. of excels in this type of extravagant film. Mm. Does really well in that kind of thing. Baz Luhrmann for me, um, probably one of the great directors, I think, of the this century. Um, doesn't get enough credit than he probably deserves. Um, so he done Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, he done Moulin Rouge. He did Australia. I haven't seen Australia, but um, I have seen The Great Gatsby, and it's absolutely fantastic for me. Absolutely brilliant film. Um, I don't think the book. I don't. I obviously I, I don't really read, and I've never read the book. But yeah. from people that I know read say that the book isn't that great. Like it's just like it's meant to be amazing. It's meant to be like this great American book, but it's not like that good. Um, and I can see like little bits in the story where it does go a bit iffy and stuff like that in the film. But I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think the production, the way it looks, the way. Um, the the way he directs it, Leonardo mm. DiCaprio is absolutely fantastic in this film. Yeah. As so is Toby Maguire. Yeah. Um Kerry Mulligan's fantastic. So Joel Egerton's in it. Um he's an absolute brilliant ac- actor as well. Um it's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. The soundtrack is up there for me. I think the soundtrack obviously um I think Baz so music is a massive thing in Baz films. Um huge he's massively influenced by like theater and all stuff like that and he, he he's basically puts theater onto screen i think would best describe basil Lerman films um and this is no exception um i think he gets i think he works with jay-z to produce the i think jay-z produced the soundtrack for the film um so jay-z got i think it's the most expensive soundtrack for a film ever um he jay-z basically got like it was no expense spared sort of thing so he got like um everyone who was big at the time when this film came out so like he's on it a couple of times beyonce's on it um florence the machines on it lana del rey's on it um it's it's like pinks on it fergie's on it it's like a massive who's who of um artists yeah and the music just flows all the way through the film some of the songs are absolutely unreal and the film itself is absolutely fantastic Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have a bad film in his body <laughs> he's absolutely amazing um 
it's it's a brilliant film. I absolutely love it. It is in yeah. my top five. I think um, one thing Baz Luhrmann does really well. You mentioned then about how he is very influenced by theatre. Um, so obviously, he di- like you said, he directed Romeo and Juliet um, back in the nineties, I think, with with a young Leo in that as well. Yeah. Um, but he modernised it, and it's really yeah. really good. And I feel like that's what he's done with a lot of his films, including Gatsby. So you've actually brought, like reminded me there of how big a part music plays in that film. So you've got this Huge. film set in the 1920s, but all all the songs are from like post 2000 yeah, yeah. and it's so All modern. the film is very and up that, to date. And that um that mix of the two elements works extremely well. And that's Amazing. sort of what he did in Moulin Rouge as well. That's a film set. Yeah. Um I don't I can't think when, but it's like early 1900s I think. But all the films are all, all the songs are modern songs I get there's like Elton John songs in there and all stuff like that. Um, and he's he's very good at that sort of taking something old and theatrical and modernizing it, but not taking too much away from the source material or original sort of um, themes. But yeah, um, I've got it as an honorable mention just because I'm not particularly fussed on like period pieces, but I, I do enjoy it. And I think that opening scene where Tobey Maguire is sort of narrating um, mm. about the party and then he finds like after about 10 minutes, he finally like meets Gatsby and Leo yeah. does that like turn with the glass. I think I haven't there. been referred to your old sport. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a good film. It's a good film. Give us another one. Um, Another one in my top five would be, I'll go with this film. This film was for all intent. This film is, sorry. It, 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 it definitely is a box office bomb. <laughs> 100% a box office bomb. Um, And I absolutely enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it is the Lone Ranger. Ah. Um, I don't expect anyone to have seen the Lone Ranger because it literally just—I think it spent like a week in cinemas because no one went to see it. No one was asked about Johnny Depp anymore. Yeah, um, like fell off the face of the earth very quickly, didn't it? Yeah, and I think a lot to do with that was because he was playing like a red Indian and he's mm. white. Yeah, <laughs> which I can understand. <laughs> But I absolutely really love this film. I think it's really, really good. Um, the story is really good. Obviously, it's based on like the the TV show from like the forties. Army Hammer plays the Lone Ranger. Um, Johnny Depp plays Tonto. It's like a proper western. It's made, it's directed by Pirates of the Caribbean director um, Gore Verbinski. I think his name is. That's the one. Um, so he directs it. It's it's a good watch. It's it's just a fun film. It's 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 very. It reminds me a lot of the first Pirates of the Caribbean film in that it's just fun and it's well worth a watch. I'd, I would recommend it. But it did bomb. No one's seen it, um, and it was like all the critics were like, "It's absolutely shit," and it's like, "Don't go and watch it and shite and stuff like that." And it's not. I think it's a good film. Well worth a watch. Is that on Disney Plus? The Lone Ranger is on Disney Plus. There you go. Well worth a watch. Go and watch it. Another film I've got from 2013 is Stoker. So we watched this in uni. So I remember the first time I seen this and I was like, I really didn't enjoy it. And I, don't, I, I don't know why that is. I just found it a little bit boring, a little bit strange. Mm. But then I, I, I did rewatch it like a month or two after. And it's really good. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was just like half asleep or like drunk from a... <laughs> lunchtime, lunchtime, uh, uni pub lunchtime session. I don't bets. know. 
but this is directed by Chan Wook Park, who yeah. um, did Old Boy, like the Vengeance trilogy. Amazing. And, um, and The Handmaiden. So he's really well established. Um, mm. But this is sort of like his uh, English language films. It's his got, first um, one, I think it was. I think it was, yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman's in it. Matthew Good is in it. And the young girl is called Mia. Mia Wazakowska, I think. Um so it's about Mia Wazakowska. It's about <laughs> it's about a family. <laughs> about a, a mum and a daughter and her husband dies. So her husband's brother comes to live with them. Well yeah. he like comes to like sort of sort the arrangements out in the family and he ends up living with them and like befriending his sister in law and eventually getting like sexually involved. And he's really creepy <laughs> towards the daughter. And there's really interesting sound design in the film. It's really fucking creepy. Um, so if you want like a really fucked up thriller type horror, <laughs> watch Stoker because it's really weird. And you wouldn't expect anything more than that from the director. But yeah, it's 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 really um, strange, but not strange enough to be like, that's fucking weird. It's just on the right level to be interesting to keep you sort of invested while you're watching the film yeah i've never seen it myself gone i think i must have literally skipped that lecture um <laughs> amongst never others. seen it myself amongst others wow what are you saying um <laughs> cheeky bastard um <laughs> but no from what you've said it does sound really really good i do like old boy old boys on one of my favorite films um, so I, I should get around to watching it eventually. Um, no, it's good. It's good. Next one, I'll go for a Disney one. Another Disney. A bit a big Disney one though. This the biggest. The, of the biggest. recent times. Of recent times. Go on. It's, it's got to be Frozen, Annie. Does it? Amazing. <laughs> amazing. What a film. Absolutely amazing. No, it is good. It is good, yeah. What I like about it is it's very self-reflective of Disney films. It, it reminds me a lot of... Um, this is a bit of an odd comparison, but it reminds me of like what what Scream did for horror in that it's very yeah. self-aware and very self-reflective yeah, yeah. of no, what it, right, it, actually, know, yeah. it knows what it is. Um, yeah. And then it plays with your... It, play, it plays up to your expectations. Yeah. So like... Um, it turns out like the Prince Charming is actually the bad guy, yeah. um, which is mad for a Disney film, yeah. and like the the true relationship was sister to sister, like sibling bond sort of thing. Yeah, Delta tunes, Olaf. The song the songs are um, very good. It's got obviously um, John Travolta's best mate, um, the wickedly <laughs> talented. <laughs> Adina Mazizu. <laughs> the wickedly dead. Um, <laughs> what a film. Absolute belter film. No, um, I've, me, I've never me, really me, thought me, about me, that. Mimi Mates all love Frozen. Um, yeah. I mean, I think always, everyone always likes it. Stuck I don't think everyone, anyone's really said they don't like it. Nah, it's well, boss. It's a great film. It's too, po- it's too popular and the reason it's popular is because it's good. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's a bad film. The sort of self-awareness and self-referentiality that you spoke about is really yeah. good, actually. Um, 
because I think at one point two of the characters like do the classic Disney falling in love and they're like, let's get married. And then someone yeah. else is like, what, you've known each other for like five minutes. And they're like, yeah. oh yeah, but that's what you do in it. So yeah, it does it does play with those uh, sort of uh, conventions of Disney films. It's pretty good. And I think it's the first really, really good. Disney film to feature a gay character as well. I think there's like yeah. that, that couple who live in the uh, like cabin yeah. on the mountain. The, the gay couple. Brilliant. Yeah, it's very uh, up to speed. Sven. Current. Sven very, mo- very, for Sven. very modern, yeah. Good film, good pick actually. Belter, mate, belter. What one have you got? I'll throw another one in there. We mentioned this Red. on another episode, can't remember when, but Rush. So, um, Rush. Directed by Ron Howard, uh, Chris yes. Hemsworth, Daniel Brühl, the F1 race mm. and rivalry. Um, the script in this film is unbelievable. It's like yeah. two hours, it keeps you hooked. The All yeah. the sort of action sequences with the racing and the driving, all that is unbelievable. Um, and the performances as well. I think yeah, with, Daniel Bruhl is outrageous. yeah Daniel Bruhl is is insanely talented. I think um, Chris Hemsworth as well. I feel like all these sort of actors in the MCU um, have become very attached to their MCU characters in terms of an mm. audience point of view, and I feel mm. like Chris Hemsworth's beginning to step out of that now. Yeah, with um, like especially in Knives Out, and but I feel why Rush Chris is Evans so good. Even. Uh, fuck yeah, uh, Chris Evans. Sorry, it, go, yeah. it goes back to um, the famous thing with TV show actors is that when they transition to film, they're shit because exactly they 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 they're used to just playing like they're, they're fine to play the one character for like all these amounts of hours on episodes, but as soon as they take go for a different character, they're shit. Um, yeah. and that's the worry with the Marvel characters. I know they're all actors before they got the Marvel role, sort of thing. Yeah, but in the case of like Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, maybe not the case. Yeah, I think because particularly when this film came out, he was in the middle of playing Thor. He'd already had two Thor films and an Avengers film at this point. Mm. I think in two thousand and thirteen, but he really stands out from that character in this, and it's a it's a great performance. And yeah. I think he had to lose about fifty pounds in weight to be able to fit into the F1, F1 car as well, yeah. you know, from his yeah. role as Thor, which is fucking ridiculous that he managed to lose that weight and put it back on again yeah. for Ultron, but we won't talk about Ultron anymore. Um, but Rush, oh, yeah, no. boss film. Great film. It's in it's in my top five as well, Rush. Um, nice. I love that it's um, it's an F1 film. Um, I've got, like, a mild interest in F1. Um, I wouldn't say, like, I'd ever want to go watch it or I've got, like, a passionate interest in it, but... If it's on, I'll watch it for a little bit. Um, but I love that I can like have you gripped and like sort of suck you into that world, and um, like keep you engaged for that long in something that maybe you wouldn't be particularly interested in. Um, brilliantly directed by Ron Howard. The two actors are fantastic, like you say. Um, yeah, Rush. Glad we agree on that one. Such a good film. Another film I've got in my top top films from this year is The World's End directed mm. by our mate The World's Sweetheart Edgar Wright a um, good so, friend so this is the the third film in the Cornetto trilogy yeah it took a bit of a break after Hot Fuzz before he made this he did Scott Pilgrim in yeah. between um, yeah again he comes back he smashes it with the humour he smashes it with the writing he smashes it with mm. the camera work he smashes it with the soundtrack 
Uh, mm. Most of all, he smashes it with his sort of genre fusion, if you like. So Sci-fi, he, he isn't write, it? Yeah, he writes these scripts and then he just picks a genre and goes, yeah, I'm going to do this genre now and I'm going to absolutely yeah. smash it out the park. Um, yeah. There's loads of random uh, actors in this film as well that absolutely smash it. Pierce Brosnan shows up and it's just so yeah. wrong, but it's so right. Um, <laughs> uh, Rosamund Pike's in this film. Yeah, the the increase like that. So obviously the duo of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, they they make this duo into a fivesome. They bring in more people. So they got uh, Paddy Considine, who is unbelievable. It's all the um, same actors that have been through the other ones, though, wasn't it? So like, yeah, he's um, just given them. Paddy more, Constantine more, like, was in time. Hoff Hoffers. Yeah, and um, Martin Freeman was in both of them. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and they just basically like give them more screen time. They do, like you say. Um. It's not as good for me as Hoffos and Shaun of the Dead. Mm. I think the other two have much stronger films. However, this one is probably the most like emotional or the most like it's the most like hard hitting, isn't it? Like sort it of, is. Um, it's the most related probably to like modern society or something like that. Um, yeah, because obviously the main character deals with. Um, well, he, he's tried to kill himself and stuff like that, hasn't he? Because mm. he's just he's he's an alcoholic and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's the most hard hitting, like you say. Yeah, it's, um, despite the fact it's sci-fi and revolves around aliens, it's also the most human as well in terms of um, what these characters yeah. are built upon. Absolutely brilliant film. Um, it's not in my top five though. It's not. Oh no, mate. no. I think it's going to be out of words with I, you. I took it. Out, I took it out because I knew you'd have it in your top five. Oh, okay, fair um, But yeah, brilliant film. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I love um, it. watch it on the regular. I absolutely love it. Superb, superb. One, one more then for me. Mm-hmm. I'll go with. Yeah, I'll go with this. This absolute big stupid film that I absolutely love called Pacific Rim which was an absolute uh, box office box office bomb yeah by Guillermo del Toro and it has absolutely no right to be as good as it is it's basically <laughs> just robots fighting big massive monsters and it's got Id- Idris Elba doing a little shouty part as a general and it's absolutely fantastic. I love this film so much. It's so fucking cool. What puts it apart for me from like Transformers and other part and other like shitty little throwaway B movie sort of films, like big massive like just stupid action films, what sets it apart is Guillermo del Toro. You can tell he has like just a passionate love for kaiju like big massive godzilla like films and big robot films like anime and stuff like that you can tell that he's just so passionate about these films and his attention to detail on like how the monsters look and how the robots move and the sets and the costume design and stuff like like the world the world building involved for this film is outrageous and it's just fantastic. It's just a really, really good watch. It's just a dead easy film to watch. It's so cool. The fight scenes are amazing. Um, he directs the shit out of it. Like, <laughs> what more do you want? It's it's fantastic. Um, the cast is a bit iffy. 
I will say that Charlie Hunnam is it. He plays the main character. I don't I think he's a very good actor. Yeah, no. I don't think he's a very good actor. Um, but Idris Elba's in it, and he like he makes up for it. Idris Elba's in it. He makes up for it. Um, but you don't watch it for the actors. You watch it for big massive robots. Exactly. Punching big massive monsters in the face, <laughs> and it's absolutely fantastic. It's brilliant, well worth a watch. Yeah, I watched this film recently, and I mean the opening, the opening scene, that opening fight alone, like oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's um, just like full on action porn, isn't yeah. it? Basically, like oh yeah, full on monster. And I, yeah, yeah. Porn. And I think you've you've. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe when you're trying to find this film, don't take, type that in. Like, but... Don't type monster porn in when you're trying to find this film, though. But I think um, you've you've basically described why you like it so much, and I think it appeals, yeah, yeah. It appeals to like the sort of like not like child, but like the sort of like inner teenager who just wants yeah. the wants the basics from this kind of film. I think it does. I, I think the music's fantastic in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Just a little heads. I think the music is um, the thing with like the Transformers films and stuff like that. I think music's a massive thing in film, and if you use it well, it sets the scenes so well. And I think Transformers and stuff like that doesn't take that f- advantage, whereas this film does. The music's loud, so when like like even the big robots, they make this like huge massive noise, and it just bellows into the soundtrack. And the sound design is amazing on this film. Um, it's well worth a watch, 100%. Yeah. Go and watch it now. Yeah, I think just to finish on this one as well, you made a really, really good point about um, Guillermo del Toro's world building because that's what he does so mm. well. Like, mm. his, his films appeal to everyone, but he just sets them in this such such like a fantastically built place. Yeah. And I think he's, he's done that in stuff like Pan's Labyrinth and uh, Shape of Water 100%. as well. So, like, 100%. it's not... It's not it's not ridiculously too far away from real life because he he integrates modern life into it as well or well, like whatever the film's set but like um mm. he just adds like monsters and shit and you're like yeah i can i can believe this and uh yeah that's what that's what he's really good at i think fantastic um, fantastic director my last film um and i may as well tell you as well this is i think this is the one i'm going to pick for this year um is hair so that's uh written and directed by spike jones with um oh, yeah. joaquin phoenix and scarlett yeah. johansson um i absolutely love this film i think it's so unbelievably um mm. like gut-wrenchingly true to like where um the human race is sort of like heading yeah. so it, it's set in like the not not too distant future probably maybe like 20 30 years maybe i think that's what he's yeah. like aiming for um, it's set in LA, but it's filmed in Shanghai. Yeah. So it's like a really futuristic skyline. It looks awesome. The the um, sort of color palette for this film. We spoke about like color palettes with Guardians and Ragnarok and stuff. This film looks awesome. There's loads of like mm. pinks and reds. Um, it's really sort of vibrant to to look at, and I think that's a massive part of it as well because it's so um, audio based. Because Scarlett Johansson plays AI like an AI. Um, yeah, she's like a headset essentially, like a Siri, and it's yeah there for like um, companionship. But he essentially, Joaquin Phoenix essentially falls in love with this AI, and she falls <laughs> in love back. But she is literally 
a robot that he can't see. And I think yeah. that's so like the sort of intimacy of that is so nice, but also like terrifying at the same time. Like this yeah, alienation yeah. of where society is heading that we're just stepping further and further away from like actual human connection. Yeah. Um yeah, I I think it's I think it's utterly fantastic. It's really funny as well. There's a scene mm. where he goes on a date with someone and I can't remember who plays <laughs> the woman, but she's like basically ends up saying you are like a complete freak. And it like pushes him even further, <laughs> further into like his own like self pity, and hence he's... why he falls in love with an actual robot. But yeah, it's not the first time he's played a uh, a social outcast. Let's say. Oh that. no, he's, not at all. he's pretty. He's I pretty haven't, good at it. I haven't seen it myself. Um, it has been on oh, my list mate, for quite a while. So fantastic. I will need to try and see if it's on the stream, and I'll sit down and watch it. Yeah, what you said about Joaquin Phoenix, though, then he is for me probably the best actor um working at the moment um he doesn't do many films he picks and chooses his films um which is a which is a sign which is a trait of a fantastic actor for me and uh, you just alluded to it then joker he's absolutely unreal in that film so if he's half as good as he is in joker in hair then It'll be absolutely amazing, but no, it does sound good. I'll have to give it a watch, hundred percent. Honestly, mate, I, I think I think you'll really enjoy it, and it's so, um, it's just really hard hitting because you can you can relate to it, even though it's not like the technology in the film is not possible, but it's mm. really not far off where sort of society is heading, and I think particularly now um, with uh, isolation and quarantine, the sort of loneliness themes in the film as well. Mm. Um. But yeah, it's it's like almost um, heartbreakingly sad at the same time. There's a really like horrible twist at the end, and it's like fuck. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd really recommend it. Mate. I think you'll enjoy it, and I, I think definitely. Spike Jones is um, such a weird director in the sense that all of his films are so different. Yeah, yeah. Like he, Spike Jones was literally with like the Jackass crew. In the early two thousands, mm. like jumping yeah, yeah. up buildings into piles of shit and stuff, but then he just Mad. like writes these mental films. Um, Mad. Yeah, love it. Recommend it, hundred percent. And on that note, it is my favorite film from two thousand fifteen. That's your. That's what you're putting forward. That's that's my pick. Yeah. I'll say my top pick would be probably Great Gatsby. Nice. Yeah. I'll say Great Gatsby is probably my top pick just because it's... I, I don't think there's another film like Great Gatsby. And I know Baz Luhrmann does like sort of similar films, but I don't think he'll ever be able to repeat like that much, like that on that big of a scale. Mm. I just think it's absolutely amazing film. It wasn't such a great year, 2013, to be honest. I think 24, I think next one is... 14 is going to be impossible. 14 is is a belter and as i said i think previously 2017 is absolutely outrageous yeah so you've got hair and i'll go with great gatsby yeah and we'll conclude there thanks very much jake thanks very much adam stay safe i knew you looked for me you're having a good time old sport oh the whole thing's incredible i live just next door he sent me an actual invitation seems i'm the only one i still haven't met mr gatsby no one's met him. They say he's third cousin to the Kaiser and second cousin to the devil. I'm afraid I haven't been a very good host, old sport. You see... I'm Gatsby. Oh.